This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. We was across the table, and uh, he went over, and he went, "Let's get rid of some of his puppy fat, son." <laughs> <laughs> The nine dog is, is the I, centre forward. I, know. I was like, I, I, know. I remember seeing I was going, Silly's got a nine dog. <laughs> I sort of leaned in and, and gave me a bit of shit about what I was wearing. <laughs> and I didn't really know you. Juicy, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to that Peter Crouch podcast uh, with me, Peter Crouch. I've got Chris Stark with me uh, as usual, but yes, uh, Statman Dave is, isn't is well. He's not well. We don't know what's uh, really happened with him. I think it's just general illness. I don't think it's anything connected to, what was it he described it as? A VIP backdoor experience. VIP backdoor experience from the <laughs> That he'd had an, on a night out in Blackpool. On a night out in Blackpool, no. <laughs> I, I don't know if we're not... Can't confirm or deny it was down to the backdoor experience. But what I have done is drafting a good friend of mine, Mr. Steve Sidwell, or Statman Steve. Statman Steve. Statman Steve. <laughs> not, not one for stats. Not one for stats at all. Yeah. I'm worried, I was intrigued there about the, the VIP yeah. backdoor well, it, shoot. I didn't know it was a toilet incident. Uh, no, it was, yeah, it was a night out in Blackpool we had with Chris. Mm. Um, I, I lost think, him towards the end of the night, so I was DJing. <laughs> Um, I then offered to uh, have him driven back to his hotel. Uh, he didn't really fancy that. He wanted to stay out in Blackpool. And then next time we spoke to him on the podcast, he talked all about uh, some sort of backdoor experience that he'd had there. Um, lovely. Yeah. We, we, we don't really know what went on, uh, but we can only assume he had a lovely Ooh. time. Ooh. But welcome along to the podcast. It's very odd for me that we're substituting Statman Dave for Statman Steve. It's is an this, upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> is this a highlight in your footballing career? It's been long overdue. <laughs> it's been long overdue. I'll tell you why. Because me and Sids, we, we play a lot of golf together these days. Um, good friend of mine. So he's been, it was a, he was very close to rapping it Crouch. <laughs> oh, no. Do you know what that is? Yeah, you, I remember close. you telling me. Wasn't yeah. it? Um, do we want to give it away? Because I assume this is a rollover performance. This, it, I'm hoping it's a rollover. It, it, it could be done. It was one the of powers those... to be, I'm sure, can make it happen. Do you know what? Someone someone pulled out and I knew Sid was coming to watch Eddie with a few, few of the boys. And I said to him, would you be up for potentially, because I've seen it, I've seen this rapid action <laughs> and it is, uh, it's phenomenal. I don't know whether we should say it now and then let you work on a new rap for Crouchfest or if we just build hype by you saying what it is now. How do you feel? It's whatever, listen, it's your, it's your show. I, f- I think you should say what it is. What, what is it? It's, it's what? Notorious B.I.G. Notorious yeah. B.I.G. Yeah. It's Notorious B.I.G. It's juicy, isn't it? Of course it is. It's juicy. It's juicy. I'll tell you a little bit of background on this. Right? <laughs> Abby's, Abby's um, 30th. Yes. Abby's 30th, right? We were in a place in town. And we had a few, like, it was obviously a few, couple of musicians actually with us as well. Serge from Kasabian was out with us that night. Of course. Night. Anyway, that tune came on and Sid just went, I've got this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I've got this, boys. <laughs> Take a back seat. <laughs> so just allow me. Anyway, we all got in a circle in a huddle 
We're all jumping around and uh, he performed this rap. And I honestly, I've seen nothing like it. And Serge pulled me afterward. That was fucking incredible. <laughs> Ca- captivated they were. I had them. I had them there. <laughs> See, I'm kind of pleased we held that back from Crouch Fest yeah, yeah, yeah. for another, you know, another time. potential yeah. headline performance if yeah. we do it again. Yeah. Well, as you know, there was another part to that story was when Abby lost her jacket and I had to go back the next day. And I had to look through. We thought someone had stolen it, and it was, you know, it, was, it meant a lot to her. So I went back and I had to look at the CCTV. And you know, when you trawl through like a night out, it's <laughs> but like there's no music, all I can see, right? And then all of a sudden, I'm going, nah, I can't see this. I was like, oh well, just leave this for a minute. <laughs> and it was, it was like the camera was perfectly positioned on us, and we're all, we're all going, whoa, we're all jumping like this. <laughs> At least in the middle, Adam, just spitting Adam, bars. Adam Moore. Well, where'd Impressive. You, where did this become your thing? I Notorious SID. SID. Oh, mate, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I don't know. It's just one of them ones that it just come on and it just literally hit the button. Yeah. Yeah. Serge's face was class. Oh, it was. Literally. Good, yeah. I was like, I've got to have, I can have a record deal here. <laughs> I could be on the new album. I thought he might be, yeah. I thought he might give us a blast. What, 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 no, 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 no. Not even just no, a tip. To, no, you have to wait. You won't give us one line. No, we'll, we'll save it. Is it's that? Big. It was all a dream. It was. It was all a dream. Yeah. <laughs> the, thing, the thing was, honestly. So on Crouchfest, last Crouchfest, he. I was on the way up because we went up early. Me, uh, my missus, best mate, and his missus had a few drinks. We had to start early, yeah. as everyone did. And uh, he texted me saying, "Would you be up for it?" And I was like, "Mate, a million percent." <laughs> million percent I was down there nicking a few jars thinking I'm waiting for, just for confirmation to come from drove for the green tick you well, know when we thought we didn't have Lisa Mafia yeah I thought I was getting a notorious SID <laughs> <laughs> we should address Crouch so, Fest as well I don't know about you Crouchy but get so many people asking what's the what's ooh. happening what's the plan what's the kind of current state of play we're tempted yeah right? well, we're more than tempted we've made uh, initial inquiries yeah and um you know things are moving very nicely so um yeah. I, I believe crouch crouch fest part three will be upon us it's very big. soon it's big isn't it first one was great the second one was, I was i've done both that's the thing like, is yeah, it has yeah. you've seen it all it really has sort of escalated has because you look all worried obviously on the last one thinking oh, have we like oh enough and more we, we can shoot now yeah. and obviously getting in I said I was like I called you I was like mate people are just can't get in he's like really <laughs> <laughs> well go in there the whole arena was packed <laughs> so good mate, so bad, good alright we've got so much stuff to talk about in this episode obviously Statman Steve today <laughs> joining or the us. notorious <laughs> the notorious SID <laughs> I love that <laughs> Steve there's been so many stories we've heard about you over the years from Crouchy but um, it's going to be interesting hearing about the relationship from your side. And you must have so many funny stories about this man. <laughs> Where do you start? <laughs> Where do you Where start? Where do you start? Um, when did you first meet? So well, first met, obviously we played against each other when we was growing up. Yeah, he was, he was at Arsenal and yeah. I was at Spurs from a young age. Yeah. Uh, but I reckon I played against you when you was, yeah, you was at Spurs, yeah. Mm. And then obviously been to QPR. Um, you come to my 21st birthday party in town, yeah. chucking... All sorts of shapes. I remember I, had the den- I got a bit of abuse for the denim jacket that night. Like, I, I double denim. Double denim in the West End. Double denim in the West End. <laughs> I double denim at 21. That was pre-ab, I've got to say. It was, it was pre-ab. It was a good job. I had the curtains and um, I double denimed it to his birthday. And there was a few of the Arsenal boys there. I got a lot of stick from that. Like. Yeah. So it goes back to like playing England under 21s. Mm. Um, and then 
probably just seeing each other out on the scene. Yeah, playing then, against each other. And then hooking back up. At Stoke. For the Stoke Rodeo. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then is, that, is that where you became sort of firmer friends around that time? Yeah. Yeah. So mad stories. So we was going up on the train a couple of times a, a week. And then one time coming home, my wife was pregnant and Abby was pregnant. So we had a day off the next day and I said, so I'll crash you up to you tomorrow. He said, I'm going to see the doctor tomorrow. Abs check up. And I was like, bloody hell, so have I. Because we didn't even know. And he said, who is it? Who's the doctor? So we said the name. I was like, oh my God, what are the chances of that? What time is your appointment? Half 12. I'm at one. So I was like, mate, we'll have a drink after. Brilliant. Right. <laughs> so we're going up for a baby scan and we're yeah. having a drink after. That's our yeah. day out. <laughs> So then you've somehow managed to time your pregnancies so they're aligned uh, uh, so that you boys can go to the pub. Exactly. Is it the hospital with the pub opposite? Uh, we actually ventured to Zuma. So it was the first time Abby and my yeah. missus met. So we went to Zuma and I don't even think we, we even ate, did we? We just long, got... It was a long one, yeah. 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 And then I, th I think that sort of cemented the kind of... Because the girls got on. Yeah. And you know when the girls get on... It's, it's it's a helpful, lot, lot easier, isn't yeah, it? You know, so lot, yeah. they got on great. We, you know, we had a few drinks, well, more than a few drinks, uh, and then that was that. All right, so I, I think we're going to dig into this uh, relationship and stories mm. about where you were playing together, how you've both seen each other's careers throughout throughout the years. Should we start with a couple of messages? Do you want to kick off, Crouchy? Yeah, yeah. I said uh, I got a message here from Jack. He says I've been on a couple of trips recently in the Philippines. There was a security. It was security at the airport. They all had. Pulis on their top, spelt as Tony Pulis. Um, it could mean police, but I think the more likely story is that the Fili Filipinos are massive fans of Tony Pulis. Uh, once my bags were checked by them, I said, thanks, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, phenomenal stuff, mate. Passing the pod in the Philippines. Great. Good to see. I think if anyone is planning on travelling to the Philippines, you do have to call the police Tony. Tony, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you don't get in trouble. But, you know. I don't think you can get in much trouble for that. Call them Tony. Unless, unless Tony's offensive over there. No. But entertaining Jack's thought for a minute, it is kind of weird how sometimes in a random country in the world, people love you, like idolise you, especially as footballers. Mm. Go to a random country and for some reason you're massive there oh i've seen it firsthand pre-season tour stoke singapore get out there as soon as you get to the airport fita 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 <laughs> no even peter fita. <laughs> so honestly even now i call him now and he goes what's happening fita <laughs> yeah. yeah it was uh, yeah it's a bit bit mad big there mad. do you know what did, did, did tony Pula sign you or did you, you no, Mark Hughes, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, missed, if you work with Tony, have Tony. you come across Tony Pulis? Do you know what? I nearly signed for him at Stoke yeah. years and years ago. Mm. And uh, we was across the table and uh, he went over and he went, we need to get rid of some of his puppy fat son. <laughs> <laughs> really? I was like, wow. wow. And, I was, and I'm like, trim as well. Uh, I'm like, thinking, gee, pre-season's going to be brutal. No way. <laughs> yeah, well, the move I... never comes. Do you know what happened as well? well? I got back to my car and we parked at the um, the stadium at Stoke. Someone tried to break into my car. No. So, yeah, well, someone did break into my car. My back windows was all smashed in, in the car park at the stadium. At the stadium? At the stadium outside. And they was all the projects that they come out and they was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, hopefully it's don't, 
Like, effect. Effect. Like, if you're going to sign for us, I'm like, yeah, no, no, cool. It's not jumped the car. There's no fucking way I'm signing <laughs> No way. I'll believe that. You never know. I guess what we're trying to say is you never know that Tony Poulis isn't actually just massive in the Philippines. Might be, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. It, could be, it could be huge. Which I love the idea on. Mm. I like the idea of, you know, when you turn up at an airport and there's loads of fans waiting and the police, have, the police have got to hold you back. Police. You know, all for Tony. <laughs> Poulis. And he arrives. And he arrives. Waving at everyone. They're arrivals. <laughs> Nice. Um, we got a message from Adam here. Just getting in touch regarding the recent episode and my own personal and quite literal Chumbawamba moment. It was Christmas Eve and I just started seeing my missus a couple of months prior. Me and a few mates have been out during the day having a few festive bevs when for some reason the bouncers, who are notorious for their Christmas cheer, felt it was time for me to leave the pub suddenly and quite swiftly. I've no idea what brought them to this decision and I wasn't having it. But I really wasn't in any position to argue as they lifted me up and chucked me out with one bouncer following behind and launching my shoes at me as I lay in the street. And as luck would have it, at the front of the queue to enter this lovely establishment was my new girlfriend with her mum and dad. Needless to say, this was the first time I had met my lovely in-laws and it went down like an absolute shit sandwich, as you can probably imagine. That was 10 years ago. We're still together due to be married this year. Um, her dad likes me now and her mum slightly tolerates me so I'd say a massive chumble one ball all around right what okay. a lovely story yeah that's a nice yeah. story there's a good ending to that story yeah um, that is a chumble one because it sounds to me that um, you you put yourself in the worst possible position with the in-laws and have somehow turned it around and they respect you enough to mm. uh, kind of um, you know be there at the wedding and let you marry their daughter yeah yeah that's nice Huge. Have you ever so, chumbawambered in that way before? First Snapman? impressions count, don't they? It's massive that. He's turned that around well. Yeah. Turned it around well. Um, I've, had, I've probably had a few. Yeah. I've probably had a lot. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do a message, Steve? What about uh, this message from Megan? Message from Megan. Uh, in the Basel game, the ref had given a player a second yellow card. So he started walking down the tunnel. Then the ref consulted VAR and called the player back out of the tunnel just to rescind the second yellow card and give him a straight red. Oh. Ref Housery. Did you there. see this? I have seen this. Yes, this was a Brilliant. few weeks ago now. Really? Yeah. So the, he's given the, the player a second yellow card yeah. to, to be sent off. Yeah. He's gone down the tunnel. He's then gone to VAR because obviously the tackle was worse. And then he's Shit, called so him back. On. So he's tranced on and he's got the thingy out and give it the old, like, no. no and then got the red out and gone. Oh. So he's had to, he's come back from the tunnel. Yeah. Shit. So then double dip back into it again. Wow. So he's gone for a, like a one game bound to a three game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is, I guess, why the ref had to do it. It wasn't just the ref being a shit house because obviously the punishment would lead to more. But then he could have given the card after the game, couldn't he? I think you can. Oh, I theory. Know. Yeah. I mean, that's. That's VAR to a T. Yeah. Good though, but yeah. not if you're the player. No. You'd be Devo. Yeah. Good yeah. ref housery. Yeah, anything you spot like that, feel free to let us know at the podcast. Got a message here from Toby. He says, hi lads. One of the lads at my work said he would eat his shoe if Mitro scored 12 goals this season. <laughs> Turns out this is an HR nightmare. So any suggestions on his new punishment? Ah, so he can't eat his shoe. No. Um, it's the kind shoe. of thing you say, if so-and-so does that, I'll eat my hat. Or, you know, <laughs> okay, but... Okay. Um, but it sounds to me that they're not allowed to let this guy eat his shoe. Burn him. Stick him in a bin and burn him. I don't know yeah. how that goes down with HR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless they're Converse. Converse take ages to burn. You know, oh, you we, we was at a barbecue once oh. and it started going out and it's amazing what goes up on a barbecue. So we'd end up going, 
that jacket looks shit. Take it off and put it on the barbecue and see if it goes again. <laughs> Honestly, so this is just obviously the men. No, this jacket goes off, it goes on. Then someone goes, that's a rascal for a stride. They can go on as well. Oh, I swear, in the end, people are down to their pants, yeah? And it got to someone's converse. Don't burn converse. Yeah. Really? Rub, oh, the rubber, they go for ages as well. <laughs> they stay, it kept everyone warm. So. Well, he's a bit of a barbecue connoisseur. How do you feel about converse? Well, I've not really bump? barbecue clothes. <laughs> um, but it's interesting though, you can't barbecue converse. It's something I can take away from this. Yeah. No. Can you slow cook them? It got to a point where we got a fire pit at home and then the, my boys was at this barbecue as well and they would like rip there. They'd be like, Dad, like, can we take our, top, like, our stuff off? It could become like a party trick and they're just like, do the Hulk Hogan, like rip their t-shirts and then just loves it on the fire pit. And yeah. it just This is up. what you do at home. You just lob everything on the barbecue, do you? Is this, is this, is this a thing? That's I just a, think barbecuing is so boring. No, it's not. <laughs> do you love barbecuing, Steve? Do you know what? I lo- I, when I do a barbecue, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't say I love it, don't like, even start, mate. It's, He's a it's grass. It's grass. What do you mean? You've got a pit, so it's in just... So a... No, no, no. So I've got a barbecue, and then I've got a separate fire pit. What barbecue you got? It's a big charcoal barbecue. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I'd quite like to see a picture of that. Oh, oh, look, look, he's getting a bone. <laughs> look. You want a barbecue off? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'll take you grilling, mate. <laughs> oh, it's uh, all he talks about. I do love it. I won't bore everyone <laughs> with that. I think there just needs to be a separate barbecue podcast, really, yeah. as an outlet. It's yeah. not really needed on this. Uh, we've got a message here from Elliot. It says, Hi boys, I have a dilemma I need to voice. Unfortunately, Charlton Athletic was my chosen club at birth. Thanks, Dad. I've met a girl in the last six months who I can see a beautiful future with. However, her dad is a Palace fan, which is a big rivalry for us, despite us not being in the same league for years. She wants me to meet him and go to Selhurst Park, but she said I have to wear a Palace scarf. I feel like it might burn into my skin if I put it on. What do I need? Uh, what do I need to do? Need your advice, lads. Yeah, that, that's this nah. is just a complete no. Yeah, yeah, I think you, you just got you got to be strong there. Yeah, it doesn't matter who, you know, it doesn't matter how much you try to impress your 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 missus or future wife. It's not not an option to wear yeah. a Palace scarf in that situation. Is it? No, and the thing is, her father-in-law will always have that. Then, yeah. so even then, when you stop trying to impress everyone, he will there. He'll, he'll say, you know, I you were a bitch. Mm. I got you to the game. Uh, you wore a scarf, you'll do anything I say. Yeah, 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 with, yeah, yeah. with new father-in-laws, it's a bit like, um, I guess a bit like being a defender. You've got to get, you, you've got to show them early. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got to show them early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it might feel uncomfortable, but you kind of got to do that with the father-in-law yeah. as well, I think. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. taking on seriously for the team then. Mm. Football and the family don't mix, mm. yeah. especially in them circumstances. Mm. I don't know, we should come back to the messages and that. Okay. Well, yeah. Why don't you start it? Although, since my mate, this questions I've probably never asked in my life, right? Great. So, I, I, what I want to ask is like with Arsenal. Yeah. Where did you go from there, and why? Why didn't it happen for you at Arsenal? Like similar to me, I imagine at Tottenham, like yeah. there was so many people in front of you, you had to go all exactly way and that. make a name for yourself. Yeah. So I was at Arsenal, right place, just wrong time. So our youth team, we had two or three out of twenty-five that didn't make it. So we had a very, very good team. Um, in front of me, I had Vieira, Petit, Gilberto Silva and Edu. So four World Cup winners. Not Whoa. bad. Not bad. That's insane. So that was in, so, and I was obviously cleaning their boots and stuff. And then it was a case of like, just chances were limited at the time. Mm. But we like, listen, as a place and education and growing up there and like we won, we didn't lose a game for two and a half years. Mm. Like we was the best well, their best youth team in history. Was it so beneficial, like being a bit like some some people say maybe yeah you should start because you could bring it to the first team somewhere else. But do you think it's really beneficial to stay at Arsenal? Yeah, it's tough in it because a lot of people go 
they ask me now, are my sons, you know, should he go to a big club? If you're at the big club, there's a lot of branches to fall down on and you can go somewhere else. If you're at the smaller ones, the pathway is a bit clearer. Mm. But if you don't make it there, then where do you go? So I had to go to Reading. So I had to go to Reading. I went alone to Brentford first. Went on loan to um, Beveren in Belgium with Yaya Torre, uh, to be fair. He was really? there, yeah, because that was his way in to get into Europe. Um, and then went to Brighton on loan and then Reading bought me. So it was all kind of quick, but I had to, yeah. Finger was like, I don't want you to go, but I can't guarantee you, like, obviously Ooh. you're playing. I was on the bench a couple of times and then just never worked out. Yeah, or... so how was that chat for you? So when you sit down with 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 Wenger, yeah. I, I imagine you were brought into the office. Did you kind of know what was happening? Or, yeah, so, or did you sense it? And, and did you have a good relationship with him? They was honestly good as gold with me. I'd been there since I was nine. So I was like part of the furniture. Mm. All the first team, all the staff, you name it. Everyone there was was brilliant. I was actually on loan to Brighton, playing in the championship. Played about 12 times, scored six goals. Reading put the bid in for me while I was at Brighton. Because it was in the January window. Arsenal accepted it and then that's when I was like, right, let me go back and speak to the gaffer and and just mm. see. And then I went back and he sat me down and was like, look, if I was you, if I was your dad and you were my son, I'd say you need to go out and mm. come back. He said, like, you never know, one day you might come back. But, you know, at the moment, the pathway is just not there. So, How, how, how was it being a young player? And like, I'm when thinking of that team, that you know, the first team at that time, like Thierry Henry, Patrick Pierre, yeah. you know, like, all, like the Invincibles, yeah. right? So what is it like being around that on a day-to-day basis? So we was there basically when Wenger first came in. So the change straight away, like the yoga mats and the stretching, the diet, the pills, nutrition, that's standard now, isn't it? It's mm. just every club's doing it. He So hang on, you were there when when he came yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. Were you worried about that when you when you first No, came so in? I was literally just starting out as a first-year scholar, my first yeah. year YTS. So we were like watching Martin Keown and Tony like trying to do some yoga, like absolutely <laughs> stiff as a board, can't even move. <laughs> we were out there going, Keown! Like, 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 <laughs> typical just YTS boys. And he's like got the wasp face going. Ooh, like <laughs> and um, But yeah, like obviously the dynamics changed massive. And then like the when they was playing, like we used to get t- tickets to go and watch every game. So we'd play our youth team game on the Saturday, pretty similar to yourself, mm. and then get back to Highbury and then watch the game, sit behind the, the dugout, like best seats in the house. What a season watching, ticket to yeah, there, like yeah. You're watching like Vieira, you know, Perez, Dennis, Thierry, all like world-class stars. And you're like, like the footballers playing at Highbury as well. And Highbury was special. Mm. Highbury was that, so good. It, like, we, we went there, we had Aaron Ramsdale on the uh, podcast yeah. and we went to the flats. Yeah. And um, he'd not been there. And actually, I don't know if you've been to the flats, but there's a tunnel. Yeah. Where the tunnel was, yeah. is literally you walk out to the pitch and you, because I, I remember being in that tunnel and I remember walking out and the memories just came flooding back. Yeah. Like, so for you, yeah. like it must be incredible to go back there and just remember those. those. Yeah, like Arsenal, and it was, Arsenal was the Arsenal. It was mm-hmm. like them, and like at the time as well, it was them and United. Like, and talk about tunnels, I remember, I've said this before to someone about uh, Roy Keane. I was at the time. So my first year YTS when I was a scholar, we used to get back to Highbury. Because we used to have the halfway house. Do you remember that little room down yeah, the yeah, Highbury? Yeah. So we'd go in there and wait for players to come past and go for their warm-ups. So I used to go out and I used to have an autograph book because people would say, can you get me an autograph? So anyway, United were in town. Beck's come down, Skulls, like, signed, signed, signed. Keane come down. Oh my God. Roy Keane come down this tunnel, a hybrid. This is when Arsenal Man U was at their peak. He's come down, he's just staring out onto the pitch. Tunnel is tight, tighter than a mouse's ear roll. It is like tight. <laughs> he's looking at just like at the gladiator sort of arena and not the pitch. And I'm there and he, I've just gone, Roy, can you sign this please? And he's looked at me, right, like that. <laughs> Looked away and just gone after the fucking game. Like that. 
<laughs> literally like that. And I was like, <laughs> like turned away, went like, like, like Homer Simpson back in the bush, just done that back in this room. And then I think that was the game when he scored two. Do you remember when Yapstam yeah. gripped up Vieira and stuff? Yeah, yeah. And he scored two so that Before game. the incident with Gary Neville. Before the, yeah, the GNF one, that was a few years later on. So, so um, wow. Yeah, so, uh, but just being close to seeing all things like that and then, like the first team players as well, like Henri, Burkamp, they were wicked with us. They were so good with the youth team players, like talking to us and going over and training. It was it was good. So at training, talk talk through some of the memories of being at training with some of these players. Was yeah. there anyone that you were particularly sort of latching <coughs> on to or spending more time with? Um, obviously, Ray Parler was brilliant. He was a good link between the foreign lads and like Arsenal itself and the youth team players. So all the English, all the English guys were good. Um, I tell you, you talk about making first impressions. When Kanu come, obviously, did you play with? I did. Jeremy? I played with Paulson. Matt Paulson, one of the best players I've ever played with. Wow! Yeah, yeah. And he, really? was, he was, he was, you know, a lot older at Arsenal. I can only imagine what he was like. His first session, I'm, and I'm sure it's on. They've this been clipped. This is out there. He put, I think it was Dicko, Baldy, Tony, Martin, and Seaman on the deck with the same. The, you know, the drag, the, the drag, little, the drag. In the, on his first day, it's, it's it's out there. Arsenal got it. It's clipped. <laughs> yeah, he done that, and we were like, that and you were just watching that as yeah. that happened. It was like, who have we signed in? When, when, when we were at Portsmouth, I remember like he used to come on because he couldn't run really by by the end, and we we'd bring him on last ten minutes and we'd just give it to him. And he keep it for about five minutes. Yeah. Strong, like, wiry, like, but strong, strong. Wiry, couldn't get the ball off him. In training, no one would go near him because you'd either get embarrassed or you'd get like strength. Yeah. You know, and bizarrely, if you look at him, you don't think he's built yeah. like me. You know, he's not, you don't think he's, but he's got like this weird strength where you just can't, and he'd just maneuver the ball wherever you weren't. Yeah. And just, it, just an yeah. unbelievably talented footballer. Yeah. yeah, it was, uh, it was so good. And, but the best thing was, they used to get to, obviously at that time, every cup final. So FA Cup finals at Millennium. Um, they used to play Champions League at Wembley and stuff. And we used to, we used to sell our tickets, mm. the youngsters. We was on like 34 quid a week. And we used to bank on them getting to cup finals because we could get given four and buy four. And, right. all the, and all the lads were just obviously selling tickets. So that made us have a hell of a time in Benidorm. <laughs> Iron Appers living it up in the summer. <laughs> But that's, that's so strange to hear. But then I guess you were at such a transitional stage in both your career, but also of the football club as well. Because the football club, by the sounds of it, when, when Arsene Wenger came in, just changed so yeah. much. Did you feel uh, in any way that that kind of stopped opportunities for you? Or do you feel that it enabled more having such a big change at Arsenal Football Club? No, yeah, it, it stopped it because the quality he was bringing in. I mean, you, you got Thierry Henry, Vieira, Petit, all them ones was coming in. But and then, but he did always used to say, listen, if you boys are good enough, you'll get a chance. Mm. And I think me as well, my own story, I just didn't make that, I wasn't that calibre player that was at Arsenal. But were you not tempted to maybe learn a bit of French? Uh, just to, to try and <laughs> parch Wenger par well whatever the French is for parch yeah. <laughs> il parche yeah. um, to parch Wenger a little bit I quite like to imagine Sids that you would be almost like Del Boy on that front I am the furthest away from the parch you could imagine <laughs> <laughs> but I would be the Monstu man yeah Monstu <laughs> uh, arson Monstu <laughs> I'll have an umbrella in that and some uh, a line please <laughs> so you go from you go from that Arsenal uh, yeah. to Reading you, and, and, and that's where you make your name yeah, yeah. well yeah. I remember you at Reading and I remember you 
you know, it was one season where you scored like 20 odd goals. Yeah, I've double seen... figures. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, you, I, every I time I looked, you were scoring goals. Yeah, yeah. People were like betting on me left, right, and centre yeah. as well. And I was going, I'm going to have a bet today. I was like, yeah, I feel, I feel like I can score. Mm-hmm. Just a purple patch. But, and Joe, what? I was in the championship. And I look back now, and I was so naive. I was like, 19, 20, and I was ripping up the championship. Like, mm-hmm. like, like it was. And people were going to me, are you playing well? I'm like, yeah, it's, I find it's easy. I'm, I, I, I thought I, was, I, I should be in Premier League. And I was just like, literally just waiting and biding my time. But Radium's class, good lads, like nice to get them into the Premier League for their first time. Good, the good time at Reading, that yeah. wasn't it? Like, yeah, good players, good team, good dressing room, good time. Like we got, we got the record still, 106 points, championship, 100 goals, and we was promoted. I think by March. Put it this way, we, we we got promoted by in March. We went to Marbella twice, mid-season training. <laughs> Before before the end of the season, what? in the space of six weeks, we wow. went. Yeah, the gaffer took us to. God, Lineker got some early takings there, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wayne Lineker was like, they're up. <laughs> Slightly younger Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. imagine him in those days. The, oh. the second the second time, um, Sheffield United was there with us because they went up as well, um, and we was at that. Plaza Beach on the front and we was both there two tables next to each other we weren't overly busy and then there was just obviously drinks flying around anyway we uh, we left and we stuck all our bill on their bill as well <laughs> they, they got our bill they didn't even know about it <laughs> have some of that that's class so almost the incentive was because you were so far ahead yeah you could get on holiday a bit earlier yeah and I guess that I, I don't know if that's the same now with t- uh, say top two teams in championship that, that go up you've still got the playoffs for the other teams. So yeah. maybe it does give them a, a sort of slight um, yeah. advance on Marbella. We we come back and we still won every game. We won every game. Yeah. When we come back. You know, so, like, did the manager just encourage that? Who was the manager then? The manager was Steve Koppel. Koppel. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah great guy. Yeah. But you still speak, speak to yeah, Steve yeah, Koppel? Yeah. 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 Great guy. Like just one of them. He was one of the managers where if you played bad, you come off. You felt like it was your dad. You felt like going, you oh, you'd apologize. You go, sorry. Oh, shit today. And how would he be? It'd just be like, okay, city, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> His little voice. Yeah, good times though. Good times, good club, like good, like, and throughout my career, every dressing room I've been in, lucky enough, has been a good dressing room. I've never been in a bad one. And that is the key because you're going into it day to day. Like Stoke was brilliant. Villa was brilliant class. Chelsea, all of them have all been every day going in like good lads. Are you taking credit for that? I was like a bit of a... Not a part, not not like a joker, like the, the one, but I'd I'd get it going. I I felt team morale and day to day banter was good. What Sid was very good at, I have to say, is the, the is the um, maybe the link between like having a bit of fun and being like ultra professional because mm. he was one of the lads, right? But then he would train like his life depended on it. You know, like the the tackles, the work rate, um, the intensity every single day. Um, I'm not just parching him here because he's here. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I genuinely, honestly, it was, it was, it was, it was a pleasure to watch. And I think, you know, sometimes it can spill over, you know, mm. and some of the lads are like, you know, a bit of fun sort of carries on. It becomes like a boys club yeah. a bit, but then you watch Sid's in training and you're like, no, nah, he's on it. And it's when you're there, you're there to work. And I think sometimes, yeah. you know, you, you can go too far, but there was a good balance with, yeah. with Sid's that when you, I think it was one of those, if you're a young player and watching him, the way he trains yeah. is yeah. how to do it the Stoke one was good the Stoke, in the end I was like surplus requirements at Stoke I was just like the, the, the odd body travelling didn't play and even in like the game the the, uh, the shadow games the 
I'd be playing right back. I wouldn't be, wouldn't be centre mid. I'd be right back, and I was getting like Ben Thatcher off and Ronnie. Uh, who is it? The uh, stamp from um, uh, yeah, yeah, the Phil, Phil Stamp. Phil stamp. <laughs> I'm getting like Phil stamped off. But I was like, listen, it is what it is. Like, but you know what? His attitude didn't change. You know, like if you sometimes like, I've seen it so many times. You know, when players have been, you know, it, it, it's obvious that they're not going to be part of the first eleven. Um, but like every day in training, it, it, it didn't matter. You know, you knew, I've seen players throw their toys out of the pram and, you know, this manager's not having me, so I'm going to down tools basically. But I never saw that once with Sids ever. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So you went from Reading. Who were you playing with at Reading? I'm just trying to think of that team. It was the strikers, really. Uh, Dave Kitson, Kevin Doyle, Shane Long, Leroy Lita. Yeah. They all banged in, I think, 20 yeah, goals yeah, that season. Course. They got a lot of goals that year. Yeah. But a lot of people forget the season that we went up into the Prem, we finished seventh. No, eighth. We just missed out in Europe by a point. Incredible. How's that? Yeah. And we didn't buy no one. We bought, uh, we bought one person for, uh, for a quarter of a million. So at that stage of things, I mean, it's all kind of... As you expected, right? As yeah. in you joined Reading with the expectation yeah. that that would happen. Yep. And then you... Got you, there. Got you make a good League. impact yeah. in the Premier League. Yeah. And then my, our first season in the Premier League was my last season at the club. So left on a bit of a sour note, really. So they were zooming and ahhing about my contract. And I had a really good season getting promoted. And I was like... That's what I mean. It's I'm, a no-brainer. I'm going into the last year of my contract in the Prem. They're zooming and ahhing. So I said to my agent... I'm going to ride this one out. And he was like... I remember that because it was a big thing then. Yeah. Like it was early days kind of Manaman, Sol Campbell, yeah. Bosman kind yeah. of thing. It yeah. wasn't really done. And I, I was remember, 24. Remember yeah. you, I remember that happening. I thought, oh, it's a big call, you know? Yeah. Like, to, and you had the season of your life, right? Of my life. Oh, literally of your yeah. life. Like uh, it was a big call. My agent was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. I said, I'm going to do it. I said, fuck him. He got to a little bit of a sort of standing ground one. And then... <clears throat> first game of the season played Borough 2-0 down 1-3-2 I scored and then Gareth Southgate literally called me on the Sunday the day after and was like what's going on and that was the recurring theme every week we'd play and whoever whoever we played I literally spoke to their manager every week <laughs> on, the, on the Monday or Tuesday apart it. from Liverpool United and Spurs there was only three that we didn't speak to and that's all because you put yourself in a position yeah I said to him get the word out like, and then then Redian was like oh we want to sit down and sign and then I was like no I'm going to go so is that because they sort of pissed around with the contract before yeah a little bit yeah yeah and you it was felt a little bit like a... you were you, at that point and you then were I suppose playing, you can see the were... options as well yeah, you can see, see all, all those yeah. options are coming in I suppose all the yeah. time and, uh, and then and where where obviously where did you go then what happened? I went to Chelsea mm. yeah yeah I went to Chelsea I was going to go Newcastle I was gonna, it was near enough done. I went to Newcastle, mm. um, sat down with Freddie Shepherd, Glenn Rode was manager, and then it was kind of agreed. And then uh, Glenn Rode called me and said, Listen, there's some changes. We've got a new fella buying the club, Mike Ashley. He's bringing in Sam Allardyce. And obviously, what happened after that happened, but I turned it down. I was mm. like, Right. And, but before that, we were talking to Chelsea. 
And then when I met Jose, when I met him, it was the deal done. Like, uh, went to his house and it was where did I sign. Talk us through that experience then. That was crazy. I, I left training and my agent called me and said, look, Peter Kenyon's called, they want to sign you. And I, obviously all my family are Chelsea fans, all my friends are. Born, born in Wandsworth, grew up in Tooting. So I was like, well, can, can Jose call me? And I was like, yeah, we'll get him to call you. So Peter Kenyon called me and said, Jose's going to call me in a couple of hours. I literally got home. It was like, eight, I don't know, March, April time. Summer's like hot day. I was sweating. Right? I was like dripping, took my top off. I was literally pacing up and down my living room in my, with the mobile waiting for him to call. Phone goes, hello, City, Jose. Oh, hello, Jose. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, uh, he's <laughs> did, like you, did you do the whole, like, I wasn't exposed? No, I was like, oh, oh, Jose. Oh, I weren't expecting that. <laughs> he, we, said, we had literally like two minute chat and he said, what are you doing tonight? And I said, nothing. He said, right, you're going to come to my house. He said, he sent a car to come and get me and the missus. My agent met us at Stamford Bridge. We parked underneath, got in the security's car. Um, and then we was driving round and round and round. And I think, what are we doing here? And it was, it was all like a hush hush thing. Pulled up outside his sort of house. He had to walk down the mews and walked down this road, went into his house. The door was already open. So there was security on the, the door. So we've gone in his house, tiny little bit muse house, straight into the living room, sat down. So me, <clears throat> my wife and my agent sitting there. His wife's cooking in the kitchen. The dog's running around on my missus' lap and she's like, oh, good, you're good. <laughs> And we're like 10 minutes go past. I'm thinking, no one knows we're here. Like, we've come straight in the house. All of a sudden... <laughs> As in, you assume the door's open for you, but you can't be sure. Yeah, so, I, like, it was one of them ones where, because it was, like, operation, get him in. Like, it was all done hush-hush, but yeah. he must have... He, no one obviously give him the heads up. <laughs> so we're in his living room, like, literally just sitting there, and we're like, do I, what do I do? I don't want to go and tap his wife on the shoulder. She's cooking. She doesn't know who I am. And all of a sudden, he just, like, you just see these, like, two legs coming down the stairs pair of jeans, pair of slippers and stuff. And then uh, you hear him go, what, what, is he already? And then he comes in, he's like, so sorry, apologises. And this is when he was at his prime. So the missus is like, ah, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> the Portuguese goddess, isn't he? Like, yeah. <laughs> we had a chat and he literally, and again, this is probably the routine now, but he was like, right, this is Chelsea. And he got out this book, this fat, and he just was like, bang, and it said, Chelsea, July 7th, J uh, July 2007. And it was like day one, pre-season, what training was day two training the schedule the whole lot mapped out and I was like Phew. and that was his work that was kind of yeah that was him that was all these details and uh, he just wanted to show you the level <clears throat> of yeah that was it yeah and a load of people said oh you went for the money and I've said this again before Reading offered me more money in the end to stay at Reading than I got at Chelsea and that's true mm. I've got the contracts at home um, and then I was like if I, go, if I don't go to Chelsea and they go and win the league next year or they go and win the Champions League and I go to my kids, oh, I could have signed for Chelsea. Or I, or I saw here, oh, I could have signed for Chelsea in 2007 with Marina. Well, why didn't you? Because <laughs> oh, I oh, mm. shit it. I didn't, you know, I was like, I'd rather do it and if it works out, great. If it doesn't, then... Mm. Yeah, but you're also saying your family are fans as well and that must have a, yeah. a sort of uh, an input in yeah. your brain or, yeah. or like a, an emotional... Uh, thing that isn't yeah, necessarily about the money it's, yeah, it's a reason it to yeah. go and do something yeah it was massive I was, I, there was tickets and kits and signed shirts flying everywhere mm. the, nice, the nicest thing that, that happened before that getting a little bit off piece but the, it's a nice story so growing up my dad was always into Harleys High Davidson's like, so we go to America 
to Disney and go, come on, let's go and have a look at some of the Harleys and we go out and have a look. So for a running joke for me, my dad, he'd say to me, even when I was like 14, he goes, if you ever make it, son, just buy me a Harley Davidson. That's all I ever want, right? I was like, all right, no worries. Anyway, the day I signed for Chelsea, I called him. I was at Stamford Bridge and I said, dad, are you in town? He goes, yeah, I'm pricing some work. And I said, come and to Stamford Bridge, I'm signing my contract. So we signed it. As soon as we put the pen down, literally got in my car we went over the road to Wars High Davison the, on the King's Road walked in there and I was like pick what one you want wow and he's got he's still got it to this day and his bike is immaculate it's a proper sort of it's a vintage one all the colours the saddle bags the bars so just little things like that are just Remind me of the nice times. Such a good story. Yeah, that. that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of like every dad and son's dream. Yeah, oh, really, it's incredible. It? I, I, like I say, I, his dad, takes, I think it's the same as it was from the showroom, right? Immaculate. <laughs> yeah. Immaculate. So he passes my house on the way to the golf course. And we're in the garden now, you can hear him and the kids go, oh, it's pop, it's pop. <laughs> he, he just slows it up and just, just keeps my name and then just goes off. Yeah, in that moment nice. that you're in the showroom, right? And yeah. you do the, the, the dreamy moment. Yeah. There. Pick, pick wherever you want. Yeah. What was his reaction? Like, he actually couldn't pick one the day. He was like, I just can't. I, I'm, I, I don't know what to do. Just overruled by the situation. Yeah, he was. He was. So we went back, we, we come away and then we went back and then they showed him little ones and the one he, he's got is just so him. So, so him. It's lovely, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. an amazing yeah. story, that. Uh, when you're with Jose, right, and you're you're in that house, like, I'm just picturing what I would be like in that situation with my missus next to me as well. And part of me would be like, it's still an important bit of the negotiation, right? You yeah. both probably know where it's heading, but yeah. someone could fuck it up, couldn't they, by yeah. saying the wrong thing? Yeah. Well, if you offend his wife or something. You offend his wife, your wife offends someone, oh. someone offends your wife. Yeah. Like, strange situation. He was that. just so cool back then, though. He still is now. Like, we bumped into each other a lot and spoke. And he, like, back then, this is when, obviously, when he first come. And he, he honestly, he had, he had the press, obviously, there, didn't he? And then when you were in his, yeah. in his um, company, you just, you just was so captivated by him. Mm. So there was, no, there was no, nothing was going to deter me mm. going from, there. from going. Yeah. How, how do you um, reflect on your time at Chelsea? Like, so the season that I was there was their worst season in their history. Mm. Like I say that of their recent history. So beforehand, they'd won either the league or the FA Cup or whatever. The season that I was there, we lost the Champions League to United at Moscow mm. in the final. We lost the league by a point to United. We lost the League Cup to Spurs in the mm. final. Mm. And we got knocked out to Barnsley in the quarterfinal. So I went to Chelsea with an idea of hopefully winning a medal or walking away with silverware and come away with nothing. <laughs> went extremely close. <laughs> extremely close. Uh, but yeah, and then obviously Jose got sacked or he left. Avram Grant come in. So it was a real topsy-turvy time yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. But what, I loved it there. Even though I was here just over a year, Phil Sc um, Scolari come in and, it, uh, and I went to Villa. But what I learned from... JT from Lampsy, just how you, how they conduct themselves in training and, you know, winning mentality and stuff like that. And then just learning little things around the training ground and, and football. It, it progressed me on to be a player as well. So, yes. Yeah, so Jose was there. So who took, who took over from Jose? Like, Avram Grant. It was Avram Grant. Grant. Well, that Were you there for Avram? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you could feel it. Like when Avram, because Avram come in pre-season. <clears throat> so again, I signed and people probably watching this and listening, they're going to go, ask him why he got the number nine shirt. I was literally yeah. about to ask yeah. that. 
<laughs> Everyone does oh, oh, No, because it's just the nine dog is is the nine. centre forward. I, I was like, I, I, know. Know. I remember seeing. I was going, Simi's got a nine dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what everyone else said. That's what I said. Um, How do you get the nine yeah, dog? Yeah, so <laughs> so. Again, when you sign for a club, you always see who's leaving, who, what shirt yeah. numbers are available. So you, you you pick it before you kind of get there. So when I signed, Jeremy left to go to Newcastle and uh, Bularoos, who was a defender that wore number nine as well, he left. So we signed me and Claudio Pizarro, striker, yeah. midfielder. So I thought, right, I'll have the 14. I don't, I've worn that before. He'll have number nine. First day pre-season, we fly to LA. We get on the coach, go into the airport. As we get on, Joe says at the front, he pulls me. He says, you got the number nine shirt this season. <laughs> so now I'm thinking, mind games. Straight away, I'm thinking, this is mind games. So I was like, all right, okay, no worries. Think, like, he's just yeah, testing yeah, me, see if I want it. So I've gone, yeah, no worries. He's like, okay, no worries, good, good, good. Sat down and then the kit man, who's Big Tail, who friends of ours mm. now, he said next to me, I was like, I haven't got the nine dog, have I? <laughs> and he went, I'll tell you later on. Like, literally goes, I'll tell you later on. So we landed and then straight away, we done the, the shirt and it was already printed up so Big Tail said it was already printed up it was already done and I'm standing there and then so my mates at home going what shirt you got and I was like I've only got the fucking nine shirt <laughs> and they was like they was cracking up they was like what and I was like he's giving them a nine dog I was like how can I say I don't want it well, you can't you can't say exactly what, 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 so why did he give <laughs> so, the nine why so he give him the 14 and me the nine why I don't know don't, so to this day, you no. don't know why. So I've never asked him. So my... my. Why do you think? So this is the time where he'd spent a lot of money. They didn't give him no money in pre-season and he, he had free transfers. So I think okay. it's his way of sticking fingers up at the board by going, if you're not going to give me yeah. dough to go and get a striker... I'm going to give it to this lad from Reading on a free. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that is a shit house moment. If that's true, <laughs> that is a shit house. That's, that, that, that's I don't true. know. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that, it might be me looking at it from a different angle, yeah. but is that? Yeah, that's a good question. Is that you being a bit self-deprecating about the situation? Yeah. No, because it's not. It's not. It's that's no no slight on. I'm talking if they signed, you know, Stephen Gerrard, he, he wouldn't look right in the nine dog. Do you know what I mean? It's no, not, I agree. It's, it's I a, agree. He's a midfielder. It's just. It's not a slight on 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 Sis. It's a, it's, a, it's just a mad to have a midfielder as the number nine. The number yeah. nine is such an iconic centre forward shirt. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's obviously no, I, been cursed I get that. before and after that uh, as well. So I'm part of the part of the curse. <laughs> <laughs> I've just never even imagined that a manager would give a number like that as a message. Oh, he's never. a shit or, he's Yeah, a shit I don't know. It, like, that, that, that's my that's my element. Or it could be him going. This lad's coming from like born and raised in South London. He's got Chelsea family. I'm going to give him the nine dog. Yeah. We need to get we, him on. We, uh, several we'll things we need to ask. No, I think even if you ask him, I think deep down, I don't think he would say that. I don't think he would op openly say, well, yeah. yeah, I've done it for that reason. So then Avram comes in and yeah. we've um, we've heard some amazing things about Avram Grant yeah. on, this, on this podcast. Do you know about Avram Grant? We yeah. had Joe Cole on, right? And Joe said he is like full hammer, right? He said he, he saw, seen him on a night out and he's like, he goes for it. He's a cannon. <laughs> and his missus as well. His wife. Really? They yeah. go for it? Yeah. Yeah, lovely guy. Mm. Lovely, lovely guy. So so all, all the clubs, obviously, you've got, Fulham, you've got Villa, Fulham, yeah. um, you know, Stoke. Yeah. Like, where, where would you say your happiest time was? Reading was good. Mm. Uh, Football-wise, I love Fulham. Yeah. Fulham, I think, for the whole family as well. We had a box. The kids were there. They come on the pitch after, play football. I was playing well. You're in London. Mm. It was... It was just the best times. 
the best you got a, Did you get a box as just part of your negotiations? Is that how it no, works? No, I had to pay for the box, yeah. yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, to pay for the box. Did you have um, to do that, Pete? Yeah, I had a box at Tottenham because we're fortunate. Yeah. Um, I just assumed you got it in the contracts. Well, it's no. not, I, mean, I mean, it's a slightly discounted rate, but not, not much. <laughs> I, I had the box. I had the box at Tottenham, and uh, Gareth Bale's family uh, used to come in the box as well. So my mum and dad, you know, sister, whatever, and then obviously was with Ab, and she'd come, or you know, then and Gareth Bale's mum mm. and dad and stuff like that. You know. And then uh, and then Gareth sort of became. He was, you know, he was like a young player when I was like, you know, I'm the man here, Gareth. I'll get the box. No worries. Then he was a fucking Galactico, not paying a penny. <laughs> <laughs> he just roasted Michael, got a new contract, and I was paying for the box. <laughs> He's asking you for extra tickets yeah, in your box. Yeah, no, no. Oh, you have to start chipping in off it. <laughs> Not really the kind of thing you can say, is no, it? Yeah, I was like, you know, you're doing well now, yeah. mate. I feel like you maybe should start chipping in for a few The bill tickets. comes in, you're like, well, I'll, I'll get this How much did, did, did your mum and dad eat yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> Been on the beers there, haven't they? <laughs> so I mean, basically, it was either get a box or they sit in the cottage, and the cottage is like chairs, like this table, isn't yeah. it? So it was yeah, amazing yeah. that Fulham. Like I, I was close to signing with uh, under Roy Hodgson. Yeah, very close. I went. To, that was when I went to Tottenham instead. Uh, but I'd always, I'd always fancied it at Fulham. Like you know, I was, I'm a West London boy, and you know, I grew up in West London, and, and Fulham's just a, one of those clubs that you just feel like that. I knew that it'd be that vibe. Yeah family come down you know and everyone would have a nice day and close to home and mm. um I, my first ever uh, a game in the stadium was at craven cottage of the um the middlesex cup final uh, right, yeah. yeah beat enfield rangers 3-2 at craven cottage <laughs> cool one. biggie uh, on. that. i think my, well, my, my first game at the stadium was plough lane the old plough lane the old plough lane yeah i played there the picture was lovely played there. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah but fulham's a nice club everyone loved yeah. playing fulham if you're an away team, love playing there. If you was home, you love playing there. It's good. Yeah, it's I think day. when I last went, uh, I was in the away end, but they were saying that there's... Is there a neutral, neutral stand? Yeah. There? That's how nice it is. There's a neutral stand. Which, which baffled me slightly. Yeah. yeah it's quite you support baffling. the referee or something. When the big teams come, they take it over. <laughs> yeah. They just take it it's over. It's a nice right? idea in theory, though. It's a nice it's, idea, yeah. yeah. I don't think, I don't think you're for it. <laughs> yeah. It's not really cool, one, is it? Now the thing is, as long as we've been doing this podcast, you've been kind of floating around, Steve. So what <laughs> do you floating, two get? Floating around. Well, you get up to now. It's a lot of golf, really, isn't it? It's loads of golf. Both of you. Who's better? I think I think you are. Dude, yeah. No way. I yeah, say that. yeah. No way. No, we we're very. I mean, we're, we're similar. It's a similar. Like, we play off the yeah. same handicap. Yeah. So that's why it's always good. Like we're often partners. We don't win many. To be we fair. don't. <laughs> We don't win many. Golf comes secondary when we play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're there for the crack. Yeah, we, have a, we have a good time. <laughs> we have a good time. But yeah. it's like it's like like I say, it's like a release now. I would go up there and like me and him play with against you know a, a two others, and we'll have a you know we'll compete. It's you we'll play football in a way. We were definitely yeah. better at football, I'd say. Yeah. But um, you know we're competing. We have a few beers after, and it's a great social, really good social. No, so it's, remember at the same it's, club. it's great. It's, it's awesome to think as well that you were you know close teammates but then it spills out into I don't want to call it yeah. later life you're not that yeah. old are you both of you but the, you know the it's nice is, how it plays out it is yeah yeah and the best thing is there's nothing worse in golf than letting your partner down right so even today I've got it today right the first thing he said to me he's gone I don't think I can make Friday <laughs> 
about it. No, he's like, oh, I'll get, I'll get someone else. I mean, like you chip in with someone else, but it's like, it's like the cardinal sin of like letting your mate down. Like you can't <laughs> let him down. Well, it's two days away, you know? Yeah. It's not a great, but it's, it's not a great um, look. Are you kind of, um, how, how was it kind of retiring and, and doing everything you're doing now? How was yeah. it getting into that? And was that a worry or a concern? So I, I finished abruptly. So I had two spinal surgeries uh, that come from nowhere. So my career was done. I, ne I never knew where my last game was, but I'd had my coaching badges done, stayed on at Brighton, done the coaching, and I enjoyed, and I was flipping that with the broadcasting mm. and the podcast stuff that we was doing as well. Because I remember people saying to me, older pros going, whatever you do, make sure you're busy. Make sure you've got a structure, because obviously that's when you can go off the rails a little bit. But I was too busy. I was doing too much. Mm. And then, so I stopped the coaching side, because I thought I can always go back into the coaching. Whereas the TV broadcasting for every four chairs, you've got 100 players that will fill it. And I loved that. I enjoyed it. I was getting the buzz, that nervous energy, like networking, going around different people and, and stuff. So yeah, that, that, that side of it, I've loved. I've loved. Mm. Really enjoyed. I think the first time I met you, actually, I was at Wembley Stadium. I think I was doing something for Football Focus. And um, I, it, basically, all the guys had turned up in suits for Ooh. Wembley. And I've just turned up in a hoodie and that. Maybe it was FA Cup. I think yeah. it was FA yeah. Cup. Maybe FA Cup final, semi-final, something like that. I remember even then you were, um, you sort of leaned in and, and gave me a bit of shit about what I was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't really know you. <laughs> and I've since learned that's exactly, uh, that's, exactly uh, what it is. Yeah, unfortunately that's what it is. What were you wearing just out of I was wearing, I was Horrendous. I'll tell you what it was. was um, footy Focus, he's got a hoodie on. Footy Focus, but no one teaches me. So you're like, on Football no Focus with, together? Yeah, well, yeah, I think it would have been like build up. Right. Yeah, but what was mad about that is I remember thinking like, fuck, why is everyone else in a suit? Like, oh, why wasn't I told about this? Told. Yeah. Do you get an email or something yeah. saying what the other person's wearing or yeah. whatever? We get pictures, actually. We get a mood board. We get a mood board of pictures of like, this is what you wear because you don't, for that exact reason, you know what I mean? You don't want to turn up in a in a casual t-shirt and, you know, a jacket maybe and then everyone else is in suit and tie. But this is it. We talk about this quite often on the podcast that you're thrown into this world where they don't, they kind of expect you to know everything yeah. that you're meant to be doing in yeah. this and give you an earpiece and all that. But they've, you never learn it. Do you know what though? Like, what I was just say with, with Sid, he's actually, he's very good, you know. I've seen him yeah. presenting a few bits and pieces. He's a good presenter. Are you tempted with a Holmes Under the Hammer sort of scenario? Gig? Yeah, I'd go, I'd, I'd go, go down that route. Cash in the attic. I think there's longevity in that one. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely what, longevity. What would you like? Let's, let's throw it out there. Bring back changing Bargain rooms. Bargain hunt. Or <laughs> ground force. <laughs> Come on. Give me something decent. No, no, these hey. are great. They're great shows. What They're massive. Yeah, I, might have have to be out. Shows. I might have to learn the ropes and take me out. Take me out. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I could do take me out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, well, that's crouch fest uh, sort, yeah. isn't it? There's a, a rap performance at one point from Notorious yeah. SID. And take me out live on stage. Yeah, I'd... presented by Steve Sidwell. Yeah, I the... think for, I think presenting could be the road yeah. to go. You're down. Good at it, mate. You're good. Yeah, yeah. he's good. At I'd it. like to. I'd like to. Yeah. A few bits of podcast admin we need to uh, get through. You know, we had that message from Joe about that the load. Um, well, they can't bring out the load as we mentioned. But what they have done, Brewdog, is give us their boozer in Waterloo. So it's not just any boozer. This boozer's got a temp in bowling alley in it. A slide. 
I see where you're interested. Things could get messy. <laughs> right. And that's swung it for you, is it? Well, it's not a 10 grand slide, but it's a slide just the same. <laughs> okay. So I think what you're saying is you, you want to up sticks a little bit and give that a bash. It's got a slide in it. <laughs> What's the food saying? That's important to me. Well, I haven't checked that out. I went down the slide and had a couple of beers and it was enough. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, fine. So the Lau isn't happening at the moment because of um, you, the way you explained it to me. Um, some Carl's at the supermarkets won't bring it out. Um, however, Brewdog uh, have been involved in this podcast and are now, by the looks of it, offering a slide. It's not allowed, but... It's a good second best. <laughs> I know we talked about doing a five-a-side football match, which we're going to try and arrange. We're hopefully going to do that this summer. Steve, feel free to get involved in any of these things. So we've got five-a-side, uh, all the pitches, but different teams. So a mixture of like a Samrat five, we're including Mr. Islam. Five, five uh, yeah. team of nuns, yeah. another yeah. one. Yeah, a team yeah. of yeah. refs. I like this. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Fully invested. Getting a team together. Um, and, and having a comp, you know, and then obviously the winner, um, I think, could potentially have VIP tickets to Crouchfest. This is the discussion we can have. We can piss around and keep hinting and going, uh, oh, we're not sure it's going to happen. Why don't we just fucking go, bam? Well, I've just had confirmation, Sid. Uh, this is live news coming in. Um, <laughs> Crouchfest is happening this year. Boom. <laughs> it's on. Here I, we go. I can't give you a date exactly, but we've got the date. But I just can't release it yet. But we're, we, it's, it's going to happen. Crash That's massive news. Big news. Huge news. Yeah. Can't say where. Can't say when. <laughs> but it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's happening. And the first act on the lineup we can confirm right now. The Notorious <laughs> SID. <laughs> yeah. Juicy. I'm in. Here we go. It was all a dream. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. Up, dude, <laughs> Oh, right. Is it? Lyrics are coming out. Just on the swap shop as well. I think um, I've had loads of emails about people that want to um, go as a night out as Josie Enrique. Uh, Mercy Nightclub in Norwich. Um, we've had, uh, there was one in Watford. What was the one in Watford? What, the trip to Oceana? Uh, Red Road. Yeah. Yes, yes. We, um, we could potentially do that. We got a message here. It says, hi, lads. I'm bang up for going on a night out as Enrique. Uh, I have a Crystal Palace season ticket and we'll go to the home of AFC Richmond, Selhurst Park, fully kitted up as Enrique and the Richmond kit for the first game of the next season, then followed by a trip to Box Park, which sounds like a nice day. But what we're after here is I think we're after more people to send in uh, your night out. We need to know what your local town is. Just list a load of the bars, the club that you'll end up in. We'll help arrange it a bit. We'll get you the red rope treatment just as you would expect. <laughs> my, my issue is Jose Enrique wouldn't do that night. He, he wouldn't would, do that day. He's not going to go to Palace. And watch he's not going to go to Palace. What exactly. I'm saying is we want to take you up to, you know, your local nightclub as Jose Enrique, get you behind the velvet rope, get the treatment that Jose Enrique would get. Yeah. That could be yours. If it's attached to a sort of later night establishment, we could look into that. Um, but you've got to kind of sell as your local town. We'll go with the best night out. And as Crouchy says, you can win a night as uh, Jose, which would be brilliant, wouldn't it? That's a monster. Yeah, it's That's a big, it's a big night for, for anyone. So uh, get in touch with those. We, we are wondering with that as well, if we do send out his shoes and the uh, Ted Lasso top that you have to wear on the evening, um, we might ask for it back so someone else can do that. Well, it's, I think it's a great day out for someone, you know. Don't be a shithouse. Send it back. Yeah. We'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep it going. Uh, and we said we'll even look into... Uh, 
as 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 he would expect, a suite in your nearest three star hotel. <laughs> Breakfast included. <laughs> we have been talking a lot recently about uh, walking competitions that you get into with people on the streets. You know, where <laughs> someone goes past you and you're like, and they don't quite keep that pace. So you know, you're going to have to overtake yeah. them. You just commit mm. to going past them and you end up in a sort of race between. You I'm, and a, I'm a rapid walker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone thinks they are. No, I am. Seriously. Seriously, good you yeah. beat Crouchy, you reckon? I, I, I can shift them all that. Well, here's, here's, here's a challenge, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, here's a challenge. right? Right here, right now, a, a, la a lap of this pub, right? So from from up here, downstairs, up the back stairs. No way. straight walking, walking. I think we should. I think we should save this. I think, I think Crouchfest walking races. Well, we could do, we could pre-record it. We could do we could do we could do the whole of Regent's Park or something. What we could do is clear the aisles at Crouchfest and a straight up race to the end of the arena and back. Some massive walking race. You're going down, son. I fancy myself. <laughs> <laughs> I fancy myself strong. Well, I know he's got those powerful quads, but I think the length of my stride. Yeah, your stride is there, but it's a hell of a night this already, isn't it? <laughs> Steve Sidwell performs Juicy. Steve Sidwell presents Take Me Out on Crouchfest, and Steve Sidwell. Peter Crouch walking race. You have to watch this properly though, because like, if we do walk, I don't want any like breaking into strides. Yeah. Do you honestly think you could take me? At no, seriously. Do you really? Yeah. yeah. We should cover the warm up for this as well and watch you training at your respective homes. Yeah. That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Obviously, <laughs> squat with a couple of bags of sugar. Uh, yeah. so you do, in all seriousness, do you think you could beat him? I, I know I could beat him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> feels like we might need a referee for this as well. In fact, didn't you hear from... Um, we talked about a young lad who... Uh, who we kind of celebrate in the last pod. Uh, he's a young referee, uh, very passionate about his refereeing. Mm. Didn't we hear from a family member? Yeah, we member? did, you know. He did, uh, he's been refereeing for a while, he's a friend of the pod. Uh, I've, got, I've got Dan White, uh, give you a shout out, Dan White. He said, hi, lads, I work with the dad of the 15-year-old ref you were talking about. Um, I've let him know you mentioned it and they'd love to get in contact. Let me know if it's something that you'd like to arrange. So what I'd like to say here and now is if we do get in contact with you, which I'm sure we will, um, we'd like you to ref the walking race between me and Sid's at Crouchfest this yeah. year. That's a big deal. Like, ironically, there's legs in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, Sid, honestly, I think I feel like there's there's more in this as well. We could do a Sid's part two, I think. Absolutely. It's been uh, really, really enjoyable, honestly. Like, pleasure to have you. Um, thanks for coming on. I've enjoyed it. It's been, uh, it's been a while, but um, I'm here. It's done. Box ticked. Crouch Fest, let's go. Crouch Fest, let's go. Chumba Wamba. everyone. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, load of pricks.net.